Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. We are tracking straight into episode 209 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast as we continue to count up. You know, some people talk about countdowns. We're counting up and just uh, thanking the Lord that uh, so many of you are listening and making it a part of your uh, weekly uh, podcast listening. It's awesome to know that. So uh, continue to expand the view and get people out there uh, listening, whether you do it through any of your social media platforms. Uh, you can text them, of course, always just on a personal level, be inviting them to be a part of Connecting Faith to Life and uh, have a lot of good comments. Uh, I seem to hear them every single week and once again heard some good things and people tell me they don't, uh, they can't wait till it comes out, which can't is pretty wait, cool. Huh? You know how many Christian podcasts there are? Oh my heavens. I 17,438,322. And people choose to listen to ours. That's pretty cool. That's wild. There's a lot of them. You do, listen do we to have a rank? I listen, yeah, I listen to quite a few, actually, but not 17 million. More. <laughs> not 17 million. Uh, I don't know how many there are, but there's a lot. I, I mean, on, a, on any given week, I probably listen to seven or eight different ones. Yeah. But there's, you know, several that I listen to consistently. You have a favorite? Uh, I Besides used, ours? Yeah, I, li- I used to listen to Kerry Newhoff a lot, but yeah. over, over the... Uh, uh, COVID thing. He got a little, <laughs> yeah. he got a little like churches never, we're never going to do church again and all kind of strange he things. He kind of got and, Debbie Downer about the church. Yeah, Debbie. really yeah. down. And so I, I've had to kind of wean myself back into it. If that's, if that's a way to say that, but anyway, yeah, um, he's good. Uh, I always like uh, folks on the family. They have good things to say. Yeah. Um, there's several that I like. One of my but, favorite is called the world and everything in it. You familiar with that one? Yes, I am. Yeah, so that's, if you're looking for one to listen to besides ours, that's a good one, and it comes out daily. Well, I say daily. I don't. They do something on the weekend, but not Saturday. At any rate, um, it is a daily news podcast, mm-hmm. but they do the news from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. It's really helpful because it's like 30 minutes, so I can get all the stuff I need to know, yeah. and I don't have to watch Fox News or CNN or any of those things, and I can get it with it's. It's not, um, you know, it, it's, it's good, and it's uplifting. It's a good podcast. You should check it out if you have never done so. And my daughter loves Al, Al, the Al Mohler one, whatever it's called. Yeah, I like Al Mohler, too. I don't listen to him every day. He He's a bit too smart for me. <laughs> he is very smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, definitely. He, he, but, uh, uh, yeah. but he's been he's been going strong with that podcast for a long time. He's probably got more than 200 episodes. Yeah, he probably does. Because he does one a day. I, yeah, he takes the weekends off, but I don't yeah, know how it's, he it's is cr- able to get that um, that much information and, and every day. And be a seminary president. And be a seminary president, and I think he preaches at a church yeah. pretty regular. And yeah. I don't know. I'm doing something wrong because I don't have that kind uh, of time. You, no, you're not, Pastor. You're man, not, you're oh, man. You're not doing man, a thing oh, wrong. We're doing exactly what the Lord yeah. wants us to do. Just uh, be uh, be ready for anything That's else. Right. Hey, All we, right. we were just talking about today. I know you got it. you're ready to get on to the episode. No, no, go ahead. Chat, but we were just talking about how today is Amazon Prime Day. Yeah, we're excited about that. <laughs> I, I'm ready to just... Uh, Put my uh, card down and just buy everything that's Do you have on an sale. Amazon Prime no. Visa card? No. Oh, dude, those, that's awesome because they give you 5% back on everything you buy on Amazon. So is that what you do? 
Yes. Wow. Yes. Great I make, idea. I make a lot of cash off the Amazon card. That's a great idea. I, I can't talk my wife into credit cards. She just yeah. won't do it anymore. Well, so. we, we have credit cards. I know Dave Ramsey wouldn't like that, but we have credit cards. We pay them off, every, I mean, literally right. every week. Uh, I we, pay all we my do credit the same cards thing. every week. I, I pay whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know what the deals are on Amazon Prime, but there's lots of things I need. <laughs> you think need is the word for that? Well, I don't know. Oh, I don't man. Know. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at maybe, I don't know. We'll see. I, I hope I can find a good, I've been a long time without an iPad, so I'm iPad. hoping well, to get they, back I, to an they iPad. have that on Amazon, 50% off probably. Yeah, if there's something like that, I'm probably you all can, over You that. can find it on Amazon Prime and just walk down to Best Buy and get them the price matching. That's what I day. hear. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. exciting. So yeah. maybe we'll work. So I've done that before, and they're always real standoffish, and I don't think that's going to work, and that's a silver <laughs> one, and this was a white one, and all these sort of things. Yeah. So Prime anyway. Day. It's, it's a big deal. It, but it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> Trey, what are we doing today? Yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna I guess uh, move in where angels fear to trod, and we're gonna talk uh, have a conversation about the Trinity. You know, the Trinity uh, w- was once said in one of my theology books. It says, "Try to understand it and lose your mind, but try to deny it and lose your soul." Mm. Mm. And uh, you know, we're we're never gonna understand the Trinity. We're no. just it's never going. It's not. It's it's beyond our our understanding. Uh, but we, can, I think, uh, I like. I'm going to use one of Logan's lines. We can think well about the Triune God and and how He works and what He does and why it's important that we worship a Triune God. Yeah, uh, we are not Unitarians and we're not Deuterians. Is what I say. You know, people say Father and Son. They believe about the Holy Spirit a lot of times, and Baptists are famous for that. Yeah. Um. So you know, I just think we need to think well about what what uh, who the Triune God is. So that's what I wanted to. I think we should do this. Yeah. Way. So we've been walking through theological words. We looked at justification, glorification, yep. sanctification, and I uh, was trying to think of some other theological words to look at. So I thought, man, we need to talk about the Trinity because I think for a lot of us. Um, you know, in our church, we understand that God is triune. Mm-hmm. We hear Father, Son, Spirit quite a bit. Whenever mm-hmm. we, you know, um, baptize someone, we say in the name of the yes. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, oftentimes when I pray, you know, I pray and I speak about the Father and the Son and the Spirit. Mm-hmm. When I preach, I speak about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. I mean, so so we, we talk a lot about the Father and the Son and the Spirit, but I think if we were to ask um, people to sit down and try to explain the fact that God is triune, that some of us would struggle to explain it well. I would agree now, with that, yeah. So here's what we know. We know that um, this is difficult. It's a, The doctrine of the Trinity is, um, is a complex doctrine, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't understand what Scripture has revealed about the Trinity, uh, but at the same time, but at the same time, understanding that you're not going to understand everything, mm-hmm. uh, that that it, that you know we serve an infinite, eternal God, and we are not an infinite people. We are finite. We are limited in our understanding. We're limited in our knowledge, and all those kinds of things. And so, when you think about the Trinity, a lot of this we have to leave to mystery. To think that God is three persons but one God—that's a wild thought. Like, you know, we can't, uh, we can't, uh, we really can't get our. Yeah, so getting our that. minds around that is difficult, but it doesn't excuse us from understanding the Trinity uh, or the triune nature of God to the best of our ability, as God, again, has revealed it in his word. And so that's what we want to do. We want to start thinking about the Trinity. And this is, again, one of those issues that, you know, we're not the first people to talk about the Trinity. We're not the first people to be, you know, um, uh, to have questions about the Trinity. You think about early church history, this was a big deal. Oh, yeah, big deal. 
as 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 scripture um, was being understood, you know, as you think about the New Testament canon uh, taking its shape, uh, the early church fathers were, were were often talking about what does it mean that God is triune. There have been creeds over the years in early church history that have helped us to think about what Scripture says. You think about the Nicene Creed. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but go Google it. The Nicene Creed or uh, the Athanasius Creed. Uh, Athanasian Creed, those those creeds help us to understand what the early church was thinking about the triune nature of God and really help to to clarify in some ways yes. um, um, what we as a church believe about the triune nature of God. Because what was happening, well, same thing that happens today in some ways. Uh, there was a lot of heresy that was coming up, mm-hmm. right? You had a, a guy named Arius who denied the deity of Christ, mm-hmm. and, and those kinds of things were happening fairly regular. And so the church said, okay, we need to solidify what we believe the Scripture reveals about the nature of our God. And, and, and so those creeds, the Athanasian Creed and the Nicene Creed, did a good job of helping us to, to clarify, here's what we believe about, about our God, right? And so, so this is something that throughout church history, um, you know, people have, have, have worked through and talked about to try to understand what Scripture teaches about God. Because, because here's the reality, and it gets us right into the first truth. Why don't you go ahead and read it? Please. All right, sure. Uh, the Bible never uses the word Trinity. Yes, that's which I find you know just when as I think about that, that's uh, yeah. interesting at, yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah, So that's the thing, right? That that we definitely believe that God is triune, mm-hmm. right? That He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but we never see that word used in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And we see the Father, obviously. We see the Son. We see the Spirit. But none of the, the Bible writers actually use the word Trinity. Um, history credits uh, Tertullian, who was an early church father, mm-hmm. uh, with being the first to use that word Trinity to describe uh, the triune nature of God. But, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why, over the years, we have you know struggled to really understand the triune nature of God, because we don't see that word explicitly in Scripture. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a good way to describe it's a good way to describe how Scripture reveals God, that he is revealed as three in one. He's revealed as Trinity. But you're going to be hard-pressed uh, to find the word Trinity in the Bible. It's just not there. That doesn't mean that, you know, the, the idea isn't there or the concept isn't there or the reality isn't there. It just means that actual word Trinity isn't there. Mm-hmm. But God certainly is revealed in Scripture as Trinitarian, triune, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So it's pretty interesting. The word's not there. So, so— Ultimately, uh, don't do a word search on Trinity in the Bible. Say, where is Trinity found? And then that's get right. discouraged if you get out or your, get upset. That's right. If you get out your Strong's Concordance yeah. to help you find it, Strong ain't going to be much help to you. because The triune or Trinity or anything like that, no. just, it's just no. not there. No. Okay. no. But we'll look at a passage in a minute where you clearly see. Well, there's some, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Let's just move okay. on. Number two, there is one God. Okay, now here's where we actually get into the doctrine of the Trinity. And so we, we, we've established that the word Trinity is not in Scripture. You're not going to find that specific word, uh, but you're going to find, you know, certainly this teaching in Scripture that God is triune, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But at the same time, while you find this teaching that God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Scripture is very clear that there are not three gods, mm-hmm. right? We do yeah, not believe clear. that. We do not believe that, that, that the Father the Son, and the Spirit are three separate gods. Uh, we are not polytheistic, right? right. A polytheistic is, is a, a, a big fancy word that just simply means many gods. We don't believe in many gods. We believe in one God. We are monotheistic. A monotheistic mm-hmm. is just a fancy word that means one God. We have a belief in one mm-hmm. God. Now, if you think about it, this idea of monotheism, this is what made 
the nation of Israel back in the Old Testament so distinct. Mm. They lived in a culture that was very much polytheistic. Uh, you read the Old Testament, and, and you read about how, how you know, other nations worshipped idols and many gods and all those kinds of things. You think about when, when God brought uh, the Hebrews out of Egypt, he brought them out of a very polytheistic culture. Oh, yeah. And, and so, so this is one of those things that made Israel very unique. Unlike the other nations around them, they believed in one God. Mm-hmm. You think about... Um, the, the Ten Commands, for example, where God says, you put no other gods before me. Exactly. You think about Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, we, we call it the Shema, that famous passage where we're called to love God with our heart, mind, and soul. Uh, you know, that, that, that passage that uh, tells parents, you know, you teach this to your kids over and over again when they rise up, when they go to bed at night. But that passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that's so famous, it starts with a, a simple phrase, the Lord your God is one. Mm-hmm. And so this is, this is you know, really uh, a defining characteristic of the, the, the Hebrew people is they have this monotheistic belief that they believe that God is one. And so, so, so we, we cannot say, right, that we believe in multiple gods because mm-hmm. that's not how Scripture reveals God. Scripture reveals yeah. God as one God, monotheistic. We believe in one God. There's not multiple gods. There's not Zeus and this God over here and that God over there. There's not, you know, uh, Baal and this and that. There's there's one God. Yahweh is his name in the Old Testament, right? That is the God that we believe in. And so, so, so we would say that we are a monotheistic people. We believe in one God, right? But that God in Scripture is revealed as three persons mm-hmm. that gets us right and i will say having been to israel and um, no i actually known a lot of uh, we would call them israelites now but jews you know they, this is one of their issues they can't get over they they still say uh, my jewish friends that i've never come to christ still say you you worship three gods yeah yeah and i say we you know of course i say we do not yeah we believe the shema just like you do yeah, you know yeah. it's not it's not that issue it's that so, it's this one god revealed himself yeah so that could, that could be a misconception Trinity. that people yeah. have of christians is that we believe in three gods or yeah. the case may be but that's not true we believe in one amen. god amen all right so also and this is where i guess this is where it gets sticky as far as what we understand how we understand it God is three persons. Yeah. So this is where it gets interesting, and this is where we get into the mystery of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. So so Scripture clearly reveals God in three persons, even in the Old Testament. Now, the Old Testament, um, um, you know, doesn't explicitly, um, you know, re- I, well, I won't be careful how I say that. The Trinity is certainly in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But it becomes more clear as you get into the New Testament, right? As do many things. That's that's exactly right. So you think about, for example, uh, you open your Bible to the first page, mm-hmm. and you read the book of Genesis. You come down to verses Genesis, Genesis one, and you look at verses twenty six and twenty seven that that talk about man being made in the image of God, and you have this interesting statement where where God says, "Let us make man yeah, in our own that image." Just, that's right. What, we just study that in discipleship. Yeah. They're going, what is this us thing? Yeah, yeah. So there's a plurality there. Yeah. That we cert- and again, um, Genesis 1, it, it, is, it is, you know, um, a polemic against um, false gods in yes. a lot of ways. Yeah. And so, so, you know, Moses, who is composing Genesis as the Spirit of God is leading him to, uh, Moses is showing us in Genesis that there's one God, but yet 
with this one God. In the very first page of your Bible, this one God reveals himself as plural. Mm-hmm. Let us make man. And not only that, but you read the first couple of verses of Genesis. Um, God said, God said, God said. And so you have God, the one God creating. But, but, but before God says, the book of Genesis tells us that the Spirit is hovering over the waters. Mm-hmm. Right, and so from the very first page, you 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 see the triune God. Now, when you get to the New Testament, John, the gospel writer, is going to bring some clarity mm-hmm. because in John one, he's going to say, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, wow. and nothing that was created was created without Him." Right mm-hmm. by Him, all things were created for Him. I mean, Paul's going to say the same things in Colossians, and so so John and Paul are going to tell us, "Hey, in the beginning." Mm-hmm. God the Father was there. God the Son was there. God the Spirit was there. All three persons of the Trinity active in creation. And so so on the very first page, you see this one God, right? This one God um, revealed in, in three persons. It's right there. Right. Right? You, you get over into the book of Psalms, Psalm 110, for example, where, where David says, um, the Lord said to my Lord, Mm-hmm. Sit at my right hand, right? And so you have again this and idea Hebrews of plurality. Uses that. It yeah, goes back. Hebrew, to that's explain. exactly yeah. right. That, that this is Christ, and so so you have this plurality uh, that that you see in. The, you think about even in Psalm fifty-one, where 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 um, David is confessing his sin mm-hmm. that he committed and, and repenting of that sin when he had his affair with Bathsheba, and he says to to God, "Do not take your Holy Spirit from me," mm-hmm. right? And so you, again, you see. In the Old Testament, um, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, for sure. And so, and it's fascinating that the word Holy Spirit is used there. It's yeah. not just, you know, because uh, you know, a lot of times it says the Spirit of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People can talk about the eminence of God, but it's not eminence. Yeah, you know, we yeah. don't, and that's why when it says Holy Spirit, it's just a whole yeah, different thing. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you see that just in the Old Testament, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit is there. And then when you get New Testament, I mean, it does, it seems to become even more clear. Uh, you have, for example, the baptism of Jesus. When the baptism of Jesus takes place, you have God right. the Son. Yeah. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You have God the Spirit, you know, descending as a dove yeah. on the Son. And you have the voice of the Father speaking, this is my beloved Son. So yeah. you have... You have um, you know the the Trinity clearly there, and you you think about um, obviously the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Go therefore and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You have Ephesians chapter one, which we're going to look at in just a minute, where you see uh, all three persons of the Trinity very. And, and that, these are just three examples, but there are lots mm-hmm. of other examples in the New Testament where you see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so as you read through Scripture over and over again, you see Scripture revealing God again as triune. The triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. He's revealed as three persons. Now, that's where it gets interesting, because when you and I think about the word person, we think about, Trey, you're a person. Yeah, we're individuals. I'm a person. Yeah. We're individuals. Yeah. And and as individuals, we are completely separate. Yeah. Right? You ain't me and I ain't you. <laughs> that's for sure. Right? You you live over in uh, uh, Hanahan. I live over in Somerville. I mean, we have completely different lives. Now, we share things in common. Right, we have mm-hmm. the same Savior, the same Lord. We're unified in Christ, all those kind of things. But, but you got a different brain than I do. Yeah. Right, and we're doing different things. You have a different life. You have a different family. All those kind of things. We, 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 we are completely distinct persons. That in the sense that 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 we don't share a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we share a common faith in Christ. Right, right. Maybe that's about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You think think about God as three persons. We're saying that God 
is three persons and the fact that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are, are distinct. Um, one way of thinking about it is that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, uh, all three persons have a distinct uh, sense of consciousness, if you will, right? Mm. But in that, while there's distinction, there is oneness, you see, mm-hmm. like, like, and then that's, that's where it gets kind of tough to get our minds around. They're distinct persons, but not distinct persons like you and I are distinct persons, right, right? right? Like God, the father, God, the son, God, the spirit, distinct persons. We'll see that as we move forward just a bit, but in that distinctiveness, there's this oneness, a oneness like you and I don't share, Trey. right? Right. Like this oneness, like, like, you know, one. Yeah. Unified. Unified in, in thought, unified in action, unified in will. There's this unity in the Godhead, and that unity in the Godhead has existed for all of eternity. As, as you read about, you know, God in the, the Bible, God is eternal. And so um, you think again about Colossians and, and, and the eternal existence of the Son, mm-hmm. right? That, uh, that, that, uh, the son didn't begin to exist right when he was born, mm-hmm. and that's hard for people to wrap their minds around. Yeah. but it's true. Yeah, and so so when when we are saying that Jesus Christ is uh, the begotten Son of God, that doesn't mean that he came into existence when Mary was conceived by the Spirit. No, no, he's the eternal Son of God. He's the eternal begotten. He when we say begotten, he he became flesh. He was incarnated. Yeah. But he's eternal. That that Jesus Christ, the Son, has always existed along with the Father and the Spirit. And so you think about this idea, right? That that when God cre- created us, mm-hmm. God did not create us because he was lonely. Oh. Right? Because God has always been in perfect fellowship with himself, mm-hmm. Father, Son, Spirit. God creates us to create a people who would give him glory, the triune right. God glory. And so just that idea that that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit has always existed as triune God, right? So three distinct persons, but yet one God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really wild to get our minds around, but that is how Scripture reveals God as one but three distinct persons. Yeah, I think uh, the the argument in the in the um, early days was what was the essence of the yeah, Godhead. Yeah, yeah, you so know, that, this idea of yeah. you know, and I'm not getting into all the Latin and all that, but you know, they we had a discussion on was he was the son the same essence of the Father yeah. or was he of the Father? You yeah. know, and they and that's really and they split that's literally where, yeah, over that's that. Where you so. get those creeds. And so what we say uh, is that Scripture reveals God as triune. And so we say God is triune, that, that the three persons have the same essence. Yeah, yeah. So when we say essence, um, that, that's the stuff that makes God God, if that makes any sense. The, the attributes, the, the yeah. qual, all those kinds of yeah. things. That, that, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit share the same essence. If they did not share the same essence, the same stuff, if you will, then it would be three different gods. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, but that's not the case. That, that God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, um, they share the same essence. And it's, it's not like, you know, um, they're all equally God. It's not like Jesus is part God, you yeah. know, and then the, the Holy Spirit has a little part of God. You know, this all three equally divine, sharing the same essence, but three distinct persons. We could go a, a lot deeper in that conversation, but that's how Scripture reveals our God. So the so I it sounds like we're splitting hairs, but we really are not, are no. we? I mean, this is this is really uh, this is central. A big deal. 
This is really central to who we are as believers. And the reason why this is central is because of the next point. Okay, and that is, number four, each person of the Trinity is unique. Yeah, so what I mean by that is that they share the same essence, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, all equally God, sharing the same stuff that makes God God, right? But they each have a unique role. Mm-hmm. And so you think about it, and, and I think uh, uh, we could look at lots of passages, um, but for the sake of time, let me just help you to think through this from Ephesians chapter 1. Sure. Because I think Ephesians chapter 1 helps us to clearly see uh, the uniqueness of each person in the Trinity. Because, because Paul writes, and he says, Blessed is the God and Father, right? So he identifies God as Father, mm-hmm. of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he goes on to say this, for he, speaking of God the Father, chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself. Okay, so you think about God the Father. God the Father is the source of our salvation, Mm -hmm. right? And so God the Father, before the foundation of time, he chose us in himself. He, he chose to adopt us as his children. Right. Right? He's our father. We are his sons. Now, we yes. can look at lots of passages in the New Testament that speak about the fatherhood of God, right? You think about Romans 8, 15, uh, that we cry out, Abba, Father, right? The spirit of adoption. And so, so, so the father is the source mm-hmm. of our salvation, but Paul tells us that that salvation, while the Father is the source, that salvation comes through the Son, Jesus Christ, right? That's what he says. Right. Adopted us as sons through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it goes on to say um, in verse 7, in him we have redemption. This is speaking now of the Son. In him we have redemption through the blood, or through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. Um, and so you think about the Father is the source of salvation, right. but that salvation is accomplished, right, through the Son mm-hmm. because he went to the cross and died the death we deserve and rose again from the dead. Now, we had this conversation around the dinner table last night because we were talking about um, we're working through a catechism at home, but that's another story for another day. But when we were working through it last night, we, were, we talked about this idea of Redeemer, mm-hmm. right, which is what Paul talks about here, that Jesus redeemed us. Right. He bought us back. And we said last night at the dinner table that the only way that Jesus could do that is he had to be both fully man yeah. and fully God. Jesus, the eternal God, mm-hmm. right, in the Gospels, he was incarnated. God became flesh. Why did God become flesh? Because we needed someone like us yes. who could do what we could not do, who could live a perfect life, who could really be righteous because we could not be righteous. We needed someone like us who could be the sacrifice mm-hmm. for our sins, who could pay the penalty uh, for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And so we needed someone who was fully man. We also needed someone, a Savior, a Redeemer, who was fully God. Because if, if Jesus was not fully God, there's no way he could have lived a perfect life. If Jesus was not fully God, there's no way he could have risen from the dead. Only God can rise from the dead. Now, one of my sons, who's very smart, said, well, what about Lazarus, right? Lazarus rose from the dead. Well, yeah. how did Lazarus rise from the dead? Because Jesus rose him from That's the dead, right? right? Because Jesus said, right. get out of that grave. Jesus is the only one who has the power to give life, right? Mm-hmm. And so so God the Father, he's the source of our salvation. He's the source. Jesus, the Son, accomplishes our redemption, being fully God and fully man. But then you come on down the passage, and we're going really fast for this, but it says, in him, you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Right, so you think yeah. about the spirit. You think about John chapter three, when when 
um, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He says, you've got to be born again by, the, by what? The Spirit. The Spirit blows, and he talks about how the Spirit, you know, awakens the heart. And so, so the Spirit of God, right? Jesus accomplishes our redemption. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, applies that work to our lives. Yeah. You and I are saved because there came a day when the Holy Spirit opened our eyes to the truth to help us to see that Jesus Christ had accomplished something for us through his death and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit led us to believe and place our faith in the one true God who sent his son to die and rise again for us. And so so Paul, just really briefly, he, he shows us in this passage uh, three unique roles Right or the three roles, or the excuse me, maybe that's not the best way to say it. The the distinct role of the Father, the distinct role of the Son, and the distinct role of the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. Mm-hmm. So Paul shows us that right here in this passage. Now again, we could look to other passages as well, but I think this passage really helps us to see it very clearly that we have one God mm-hmm. who 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 is three persons: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Each and- person having a unique role. And I know it's not by accident that uh, when we do our discipleship materials and at the end we go through the book of Ephesians, this is always a, a part of what we discuss yeah, yeah. is the Trinitarian yeah. uh, view of what what uh, we're seeing in Ephesians yeah, 1 yeah, and the impact. Yeah. That now we could walk through lives. and you can, I mean, you can go back to the New Testament and, and, and see that the Spirit of God, you know, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit, and he talks about this in John 16, um, the Spirit glorifies the Son, points us to the Son, right? Leads us to understand and remember the words of Jesus, all those kind of things. And so, but all that to say, when you read the Bible, again, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. one God, three persons, each person a distinct role. Amen. All right, so we've talked about the Bible never uses the word. There's one God. God is three persons. Each person of the Trinity is unique. And finally, and this is really important, and I don't even mean this in jest, analogies are dangerous. Yeah, so, so when it comes to analogies, just stop it. I agree, right? but you can't get them to stop. Because because we all want to use an analogy to try to explain the Holy Spirit. Uh, we want to talk about like, you know, the 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 Spirit or the God is like a, a three-leaf clover, mm. right? Where, you know, you've got one leaf is the Father, one leaf is the Son, one leaf is the Spirit. Well, that's the heresy of partialism, mm. right? No, God is one unified God, right? Father, Son, Spirit. So so that doesn't work. Uh, then there's, you know, God is like a, a man. Yeah, I've heard this. Who one. is a, you know, who is a, a father and a husband and also has a job. Well, that's, you know, modalism. Yeah. Which is another heresy, you know, that that, that man who has uh, a job, who's a father and um and also a husband, he might have distinct roles, but he's what? One person. He's one person. We're saying that God is one God in three persons. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't work. Uh, or, you know, you have the other one where where God is like water. Oh, I've heard. Yeah, this is a big. This, and people got, have actually yeah. said, this has really helped me liquid understand. Liquid and then, um, and then also at the same time, or not, excuse me, liquid and then ice and then vapor well the problem with that is you know when water is liquid it's not ice exactly and when water is ice it's not vapor mm-hmm. we're that, that's no, no no that's not the way god works god is always father god is always son god is always spirit he doesn't change his 
modes, if you will, and mm-hmm. sometimes he's water, and sometimes he's ice, and something. No, no, that's not the way it works. Right? God is always Father, always Son, always Holy Spirit. So, so I understand why we want to use analogies. We want to use analogies to help get our mind around the doctrine of the Trinity, but that's the problem. We can't get our mind around it. Mm-hmm. There's no analogy, analogy that adequately explains who God is, and so it's best to not use analogies and instead just say what Scripture says, that God is triune, that he's one God uh, who, as Scripture reveals him, is Father, is Son, is Spirit. Amen. He's always Father, always Son, always Spirit, and he is always Father, always Son, always Spirit for you. I don't know that we can answer this today, but I'm still going to ask it. And that is, okay, we're, we're, we're here. We're, we're by faith believing, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We understand the triune God. But why does that matter to me as a Christian, as yeah. a follower of Christ? How does that yeah. impact my life, and why does that yeah. matter? Well, it matters, and we could spend another 30 minutes talking about this, which we, we've, we've tried to explain it, so we're not leaving ourselves adequate time to really talk about why this is so significant for you. Why this is so significant for you is one because of your salvation. Yeah, you need the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Amen. Right? I think that's the big one. You know, I mean, you you are you are saved because the Father chose you, and because the, yes. the Son of God died for you, and because the Spirit of God has sealed your salvation. Right? Uh, you think about just. Um, um, so we go back to Ephesians one. Yeah, go back to Ephesians yeah. one. Um, but but you also think about man, you you need the distinct work of the Father in your life. Mm. You need a Father. Yeah. Who loves you and cares for you. Right, uh, you need the sun. Mm. Right, I mean, you think about how how Scripture uh, talks about Jesus, uh, who's now at the right hand of the Ooh. Father, intercessing for you. Yeah. Right, um, you are declared innocent before your heavenly Father because of the work of the sun. You need the sun. Yeah. You need the Spirit because the Spirit now what lives in you. Yeah. He is. He is. We talked, you know, last week or week before about sanctification. Right, mm-hmm. you're being sanctified because of the Spirit who's Spirit in God. you, who's convicting you, who's teaching you, who's conforming you to the image of Christ that you might be more like Him. So you need the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Uh, this Triune God is at work in your life, and He's worthy of your worship. He's worthy of your surrender. Uh, he He's worthy of you following. And so, yeah, it. I know we could go, you know, for another hour talking about all the implications yeah. of this, but it's a big deal for your salvation, mm-hmm. and it's a big deal for your ongoing sanctification. Amen. Well, Pastor, thank you. I hope this helps us to think well about the Trinity, and uh, as we move forward, why don't you get us ready for next week? Yeah, I hope this has been helpful for, for you today, and if it has been helpful, sure would like it if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have a new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us get word out about our podcast, and as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.